Well, hello, and welcome to the More Than Sunday podcast. My name is Chris, and today we are continuing in our summer campaign to help everyone in the congregation find a place of meaningful Christian community and find a place of Christian service in the congregation. Our goal really is that by the time we hit fall, when Labor Day rolls around, every one of us, every one of us will be able to look at our calendars and say right there, Right there is the spot where I am growing in Christian community, where I'm committed to others and I'm praying with them and I'm walking with them and I'm letting them love me and teach me. And right there, there's the spot in my calendar where I am committed to ministry in the context of the congregation. Today, we have two guests with us, Rob Merrill and Jeff West. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. So, Rob and Jeff, you guys are a part of a men's group that meets regularly to help each other be Jesus followers. And what's interesting to me about this group and the reason why I've asked you to come and share about it is it's new. You guys haven't been meeting for 20 years. You've been meeting for, I think, a few months, actually. And so I'd love to hear from you all today just a bit of why are you a part of one of these groups and then how did you go about creating it? So let's start with the why question. Jeff, Rob, what made you decide, yeah, I want to I want to commit to meeting with a group of other men and growing in our relationships with Jesus Christ? Uh, I was fortunate enough when I joined the church to have um, had the opportunity to join a different small group, men's group, and found the opportunity to meet with other men on a regular basis to discuss Christian-based books or podcasts and to open up to each other and share some of life's challenges to be very beneficial in my growth as a Christian. Um, just through change of life and availability, that I was no longer available to meet with that men's group at that time. And there was a real void there. And then sort of COVID hit, and that really increased the the void. Um, then Then Rob approached me about the idea of like, because he had also been in a men's group that had disbanded for similar reasons, just scheduling conflicts. And he said, look, I think we should form another so that we can return to that opportunity to to meet as men and, and discuss Christian topics. Rob, how about for you? Why is this important to you? Why do you make it a priority in your schedule? Yeah, it's a very similar experience to Jeff, uh, similar but different, right, as all of our experiences are. But I was also part of a small group, uh, pre, pre-COVID small group, as that's become sort of our, our line of demarcation for everything from a timeline perspective. And, you know, I found tremendous value in it. That was actually a group, uh, Jeff Wallace and I started that group uh, quite a few years ago. And he had been, I think Jeff was part of three small groups, uh, Jeff Wallace at, at the time. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe the last thing he wanted to do was start a fourth, but he was in. And in talking with him uh, about our original small group, you, you could sort of see in him how much it meant to him. And, you know, one of the groups he was with, I think they had been getting together for the better part of 20 years. And you could, I could see in him how meaningful it was. So uh, that original small group sort of disbanded through COVID and some folks moved away and, and, and there was a serious disruption there. And then, you know, Jeff and I started talking, gosh, two years ago about, about starting this new small group. And it's, I think it's about, you know, setting aside that dedicated time for fellowship with others. And, you know, it's great if, if we are on our own journey as Christians and as Jesus followers, but I kind of think back to 
you know, the salt and light references in the Bible that, you know, it's not about us. It's, it's really about sharing the message with others. What does it bring to your lives to be a part of, of this group or, or a group? Both of you said it was present and then it, it, it went away and I missed it. What did you miss? I think for me, it was the accountability and the expectation to have a focus and discussion about Christian ideas with other Christian men that, you know, you get caught up in life and and trying to provide for your family and yourself and your self-focus. And it's like, I I need something beyond um, my own commitment. I needed to be able to commit to others and be held accountable to, to show up and to think through these things and to have meaningful discussions. So that was my main reason. Yeah, I think it's a classic case of, you know, you never realize what you have until it's gone. And and certainly when our when our original group uh, disbanded, I, I felt that void substantially. And, you know, in coming to the men's breakfast at the church, Jeff and I uh, would always have meaningful conversations after the men's breakfasts. And we started to sort of understand how much we were extracting from that and sitting around with a group of men, some at similar ages and stages of life as we are, and, and some older and some younger. And I think those discussions led us to think, well, we can do this on our own. We can do it more regularly. And and then that's kind of, that was sort of the etymology of, of this group. Okay. How did you go about putting the group together? You said it was about two years of a gestation period of feeling like we ought to, we ought to, we ought to, we ought to. And then it's like, all right, as you said, Jeff, accountability we're going to, what did you do once you got to the point of saying, we need to create this? What was your next step? It was uh, reaching out to people that we had in mind. And in some cases, it would be, you know, maybe a few people we already had in mind. And then we'd be at church and we'd say, oh, I don't think that guy's in a small group. Maybe we should speak to him. It was very organic. I mean, there was no real plan in place. And then once we reached a number that we thought was about as big as we wanted to have to start, we just cut it off then. Um, quite honestly, we've thought of other people since then, but then we've thought, well, we don't want to get too big. There's a, you know, there's a, a good number for size. And, and so for now, that's where we are. But of course, we, things change and, and people come and go in these groups and we would always be interested in perhaps having other people in the future, but there was no plan in place for that. Did you have a pitch when you approached these guys? And I, I had breakfast with your group a number of weeks ago, and so I know that some of them are in a small group or in, in a men's group for the first time in their lives. They might have been churchgoers. They might have been Jesus followers, but it's the first time they've ever sat down with a group of men and said, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Here's ways you can be praying for me. Here's what I'm learning from this book. Uh, were there ways that you tried to make guys comfortable with this? I, I don't know if, if it was even that well planned. Uh, I think we, I think we just sat around and 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 brainstormed, you know, over breakfast or coffee or you know whatever the venue was, and thought about, yeah, who 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 do we know at church? Um, whether we know them well or maybe we don't know them that well, uh, and and the pitch was, you know, hey, have you ever been in a small group before? Uh, do you think that would you know be something that you would value in terms of getting together, you know, and, and sharing uh, the message, sharing the word. Or in some cases, just sharing, you know, a challenge that you might be going through. And and sometimes a small group can just be, I'm staring at the soundboard, a sounding board. 
for for things that are going on in your life and a place to to share those and get feedback from others who have had maybe a similar experience. Uh, maybe they have a, you know a daughter or a son that's a similar age that has gone through the same thing. So certainly all centered around um, around our faith, but there's lots of offshoots of that you know in terms of our lives that I think those discussions can be just as valuable. And and I don't know if anybody said no. So we went into it without a pitch and, and we had 100% hit rate. So it was positive. All right. Take us into the room when you guys meet. What do you, like literally, what do you do? Where do you meet? What do you talk about? How do you decide what you're going to gonna talk about? What's it look like for the person that says, I, I, uh, this is foreign to me. What do you guys actually do when you're together? We meet at uh, 6.30 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. We all decided that that was a, a, a time that was good for most of us. We generally start with coffee and just getting caught up for five or ten minutes and then get into somebody opens us with prayer. And then we get into the topic of discussion. So initially it was a book, Uncommon Ground. So we did a couple of chapters a week for that and a discussion. Um, and then we wrap it up with prayer. We go around and ask if there's any prayer requests and 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 then we, we pray at the end. Um we, as I mentioned, we started with a book. Uh, then over the summer, we've gone to some podcasts. And then I think in fall, our plan is to transition into more of a Bible study to take a, a deep look at the Gospels. So it sounds like there are there are seasons. You guys kind of have iterations. It's not like it's super formulaic that you guys are kind of deciding together, hey, what would be helpful for us? What would facilitate meaningful connection and and conversation? Yeah, I think the, the hardest part of the beginning was trying to figure out who was going to bring the coffee uh, and, and who likes Dunkin' Donuts and who likes Starbucks. That's always a point of debate. Um, but initially, you know, we invited everybody to just, just to get together for breakfast, the breakfast that you intended at, uh, at Glen Oak Cafe. And, and that was kind of the, you know, the air quote pitch, which was, hey, we, you know, we've invited you all here. We like to kick off this small group. You know, you coming to breakfast today is not a formal commitment, but we kind of wanted to sort of lay out what we were pursuing and what we were after and what we were all hoping to maybe get out of joining the group. And I think that breakfast was important um, just to sort of set the stage. And I'm still getting breakfast bought for me from that, from that one breakfast. So that was good. Uh, but then, and then your presence there was important too, to sort of, you know, solidify uh, the, the group coming together for the first time. And we weren't asking anybody for a hard commitment, but we said, hey, we decided Tuesday mornings were the, were the right day. 6.30 was the right time. And if you show up next Tuesday, we'll consider that a commitment. And if you don't, like that's okay too. And I think that helped people kind of lower their defense mechanisms a little bit and get more comfortable. Okay, so talk to me a bit about what makes this group of relationships unique. I've got a million relationships. I, would, I talk to my neighbor about his dog and about his kids. And, you know, I've got tons of people that are uh, around me that we have conversations about whatever. It, it sounds like there's a level of intentionality with these guys about this is why we're here. This is who and what we want to be in each other's lives. What makes Tuesday mornings at 630 different from the rest of the week? Well, a few of the people were, I would consider, you know, good friends going in. Others were acquaintances. Um, some of them I, I barely, barely knew at all. So we are in the process of developing those relationships to be able to create a level of trust, to be able to share, 
and go deeper. So we, it hasn't fully evolved to that point of a long-term men's group where we already have all that. So, you know, right now as we get to know each other, um, as people sort of navigate what their expectations are, some people bring different uh, opportunities or, or qualities or things for us to talk about on a regular basis. So it's it, it's more just trying to get that established and moving forward and, and trying to understand what it's going to be because we still are evolving. It, it's still very new for our group. I think, you know, one of the, one of the aspects of our group that I think sort of set the tone was uh, very early on, actually for the first half of each one of our, you know, dozen or so meetings uh, for the first 12 or so, we, we assigned uh, a task sort of homework for everybody in the group to give their personal timeline. So we, we thought it was important to, to gain context and sort of understand, you know, everybody's individual lens and perspective and experiences that they were bringing to the group. And so for the first number of weeks we got together, you know, two people would talk for about 15 minutes each and just sort of give us their story. Like, here's where I grew up, sort of here was my family situation growing up. This is the role the church played in my life when I was a kid. This is my sibling situation. This is where my parents are. This is what I do for work. And just, you know, sort of understanding one another better right off the bat. And we did that. We did two, two individuals a week for, you know, six weeks. And then the other 30 minutes we'd spend on the book that we were reading, the, the Uncommon Ground book. And I think that did a lot to sort of establish that trust that, that Jeff mentioned and, and have everybody in the room a bit more comfortable in just understanding one another. You know, because Jeff and I came into the group, very close friends. There's some other guys there who I would consider close friends and some others that, you know, were acquaintances. But now I feel like just after that initial couple meetings, we're, we're much closer friends. Okay, we're going to need to wrap up here. But before we do, I want to give you guys a chance to to speak to the person who's listening that isn't there yet, that doesn't have a, a group of men that they're meeting with or doesn't have a couples group or doesn't have a, a community that is on their team. People that are rejoicing when they're rejoicing and weeping when they're weeping, that uh, people who aren't on their um, side is they try to follow Jesus in their own lives and aren't providing accountability. All the things that you guys have mentioned that this group brings to your lives. You mentioned that you guys did some some targeting. You were looking around. You're like, there's one, there's one, there's one. Let's talk to those people. For the person who wants it but who has not yet been targeted, hasn't had somebody tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, we're getting together for breakfast. Come and, and hear about this. What would you say to them? How would you encourage them? What would you want them uh, to know? I think that... Yes, we did target some people, but it's also open. And I even felt that way on in the first group um, that I joined. I I remember when when somebody did reach out to me, and I said, "Oh, thank you for inviting me." And he was like, "Well, you know, I'm glad you feel invited, but this is open to everybody. This is not a special invitation." I was like, "Oh, okay." And and I think that's the way all the groups are. There's there's probably a place in in every group for an addition, and if somebody wants to join all the groups that I'm aware of would be happy to welcome anyone that wants that sort of uh, commitment, that sort of accountability to be able to sit down with other men and talk Christian or, or women for the, for the women's groups or the couples or for, for any group they're out there. So it's not certainly not an invitation only exclusive type groups. I think they're all open and just reach out to the church and find out which ones 
would fit your schedule and, and then you know find out how to show up and get started. How about for you, Rob? I think I think sometimes, you know, going to going to church on Sundays and being in that sanctuary with all the other church members, it can sort of be like a middle school dance where like you show up as like the sixth or seventh grader and you look around and it may feel very much like everyone else in the room has it all figured out, right? They seem very comfortable in their own skin. They have friends that they're communing with and dancing. And, you know, and I think that, you know, people can feel that way in church too. And everybody is in a different place as far as, you know, their faith journey and their, and their own belief system. And, you know, not everybody has it figured out. Nobody has it figured out, right? And which is what we all learn when we get to high school. It's like, oh yeah, you guys are all just like me and you gals are all just like me. And I, and I think, you know, the small groups are important because we do belong to a big church. It's a sizable church. And if, if you're coming to church on Sundays and looking around and thinking like these people have it all figured out about Christianity and faith, you're wrong, just like you were in seventh grade. And I think that small groups are a way to, you know, go deeper um, with your own faith and your own faith journey with, with other people who, you know, you see, you see eye to eye with and, and can help you grow in your faith. I actually think the analogy worked worked really well. It, it did bring back a flashback of asking Ann Mattingly to dance to Lady in Red during my sixth grade year and did not get the answer I wanted, but that's okay. I'm I'm mostly healed from from that one. Well, you know, one thing I like to say about um, the church is that nobody here at First Pres should feel anonymous. If we're doing church right, nobody should feel anonymous and nobody should feel unnecessary. And it strikes me that both the things we're asking people to commit to this summer as we head to the fall are commitments to not be anonymous and to not be unnecessary in this congregation. And and Rob, as you said, everybody's working through stuff. Everybody has questions. Everybody has doubts. Everybody has things that they're trying to, to deal with in the spiritual life. And a small group is a, a great place to find uh, encouragement and support and and grow. Thank you both for, for coming in and for sharing. And, and listener, if you're not there yet, that's okay. By the time we get to Labor Day, though, my deep prayer for you is that you will be able to point to your calendar and say, there it is. If you need any help, reach out to the church, reach out to someone that you know and say, all right, I want it. Help me figure out what my next step is. We'll see you next time on the More Than Sunday podcast.